to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, hi, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. I appreciate it. Um, I've got a lot to cover here. As, as we all know, things are moving very, very quickly. And before I get into some of the current stories, so to speak, and, and certainly some audio clips, and then I have a, a, a rather lengthy thing that I'd like to read, which is referred to as the sort of 12 steps in this COVID plan kind of, kind of thing here, of course, that's happening. And I think it really is, is very comprehensive and really lays out the step-by-step process of what has been happening. And frankly, the entire thing is happening right now. And it seems like the United States is one of the last places where this is being implemented. But before I get to any of that, uh, I want to revisit a, a previous episode from last Friday. I had, again, an individual on by the name of Paul Hemphiel, Hemphel, who was um, you know, advocating for this history-based character development program. Um, I got to tell you a couple of things real quick, and I mean absolutely no dis- you know, disrespect to Paul. Um, Paul is not an educator. I don't think ha- has been an educator. He served in our military, and I thank him for his service. Um, Paul was also interested in, again, in, in selling particular things. And that's not really what this podcast is about. In fact, it's not what this podcast is about. I'm, I'm not here to, um, to hawk products on people or, or sell particular things or look for funding. You know, th- that's, not, that's not the motive of this. Um, I agree with him on a number of issues, and I disagree with him on a number of issues. Again, some of the things that I agreed with him on again, had to do with, of course, seeing the landscape for what it is and how he knows that these character development programs that these leftists are implementing within schools are problematic. I agree with him on that. Where I disagree is I do not think for a moment that that, that it is ever the school's job to be engaging in any character development program whatsoever. Even if it's a more positive um, character development program that should be left to the family all of the time and and w- one of the big problems here is that a lot of people will even disagree with that aspect of it and they'll say look not every family is is well equipped to provide character development so to speak to their own children ladies and gentlemen that is not the job of the state to decide government does not get to decide whether or not the parents can adequately do what they need to do or not. And I've brought this up on numerous occasions, but I, I, I do want to overstretch this again, this general theme here that me personally, I am an originalist when it comes to the subject of education in the most truest sense. I, I do not think that the games, the gimmicks, the nonsense, the bread and circus, the character development, the outside infiltration from corporate America coming into a school is good. I think all of that is bad. I think all of that distracts and it ultimately keeps us from learning the truth about the world that we live in and where we live. And it keeps us from, again, reaching our fullest potential, whether that be a literacy potential or understanding, again, accurate history or whatever it is. So I disagree with him on, on, on that. Um, it's pretty evident, again, that he cares. I'm not saying he doesn't care. He certainly does. But I personally am not a salesman. And I can, I can sense a salesman a, you know, a mile away, and, and that's just not my thing. So again, 
if individuals were hearing him or and they were you know thinking to themselves well you know th- th- this isn't this isn't the job of an outside person to to be able to provide any character development to someone on the inside those those people would be right and i agree with those individuals i think that his approach is a is a, is a accurate one and an old one in the sense that again storytelling is one of the more straightforward approaches that a person can take when you're when you're trying to teach someone a lesson about something and again i'm all for that i think his product so to speak that he's either giving away or selling couldn't really tell which but the again mentality and sort of the program rather that that he's uh, promoting here and and has apparently created and certainly views as being valuable is not something that american public schools are ever going to take in and it's you know it's unfortunate but they're just not going to they are too far gone and too far left to ever implement something like that the the other area where it's 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 sometimes evident that he he might not um know about this in particular regarding private schools because he alluded that private schools were the entity where he was told that they would be the ones that would take something like this in even private schools get orders from, again, the Catholic Church or whoever it is that they affiliate themselves with. They get orders on what to do and what not to do, what to allow and what not to allow. The same is true with charter schools. Charter schools are run by a committee, usually, and that committee sits behind the scenes and are less known and, and not, not visible to the public, per se, but even they have particular orders. That, that they have to follow from their higher ups, um, you know, assuming again that they have a someone who is funding them at a higher level. But again, within that particular clique, they might not even be interested in something like this. And again, the reason I bring this up is is just to sort of summarize and 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 wrap this up by saying this: there was a time in American K twelve education when you could walk into a school environment. And you wouldn't have to sell anything to anybody. It just flat out made sense. And as I said in that episode, the fact that a person is having to sell something to a school should tell everybody how far gone the school is. If you're having to sell common sense to someone, they have none. Which means, why on earth would they buy into your common sense if they don't have any to begin with? The other thing is, is that, and I'm going to use a fishing analogy here, or at least a reference. Back in the day, you used to be able to, in, in education, if someone was interested in selling something, which I'm, I'm, I disagree with, but if they were trying to sell something, they could just toss in a line into the water, deep down in the ocean of education, of K-12 education, and they would be happy to pull up any fish that they ever got. It didn't matter. They weren't, they weren't fishing for a specific fish at a particular depth. They were just loading the hook with their product. And then they were doing whatever that they could to just hook anybody they could and then bring it up to the surface. Now, given the fact that the entire system is collapsing, if a person is actually interested in selling something to someone, you have to find the actual fish specifically. You have to sight fish. You can't deep sea fish to where you can't see what it is that you're actually trying to fish for. You have to be able to actually see it on the surface Throw your hook with your specified lure out there, not a bunch of different lures or a bunch of different bait on one hook, all lumped together like in a baseball of meat. 
but you have to actually throw it out and, and see if it won't land right in front of that fish and then see if they'll buy into it. The problem is, is that that's so difficult to do now and, and it's getting harder on purpose. So I have no doubt again that there's a need for supplemental implementation of, of, um, of accurate information that can be brought to bear within a classroom setting, in particular, again, in a homeschool setting or an independent school of some kind. I think that if someone was going to sell something like what he was trying to sell, that would be the only place to do it. Not to mention, of course, and this is the big, large scheme, hypocritical aspect of all of this, and it's, it's this point right here. You, you would have to sell a program like that, a character building program in a school that has never worn a mask. Because you can't, you can't sell character building while you're muzzling and gagging children. And we're already seeing that, I might add, with the social-emotional learning programs that are rolling out in these schools. They're actually trying to teach children about quote-unquote social-emotional learning while screaming at them for not wearing a mask above their nose. You can't do both at the same time in the same place. You can't sell a character-building program in an abusive environment that either was or currently is an abusive environment. It defeats the purpose. So with that said, it's certainly worth understanding. There are people out there that have never really been in the field of education as a profession, but they care, and they see the landscape changing a particular way, um, and they certainly want to help. Um, but but. We, we cover a variety of topics here. I do, certainly, and so do the guests who contribute in XYZ. We, we, we cover a number of different things here, and that's about the best way I can summarize it. So I, I'm doing my best that I can to analyze a variety of different topics the best I can. I'm, I'm reading constantly, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to be the voice that you can hear as often as humanly possible. So with that said, let me dive into some things here as well. I brought this up too previously, but we are the news. I mean, the American public really is the news. And even these massive websites, for example, like Gateway Pundit or uh, National File or whatever, a lot of these you know, major news outlets that some might view as being alternative or conservative or w- whatever, they're receiving their stories from us. They're receiving their, their stories from our research. You know, we're, we're the ones looking up a lot of this information and then thrusting it on social media or putting it out there in, in all of the different venues that exist. And then what you'll see is, is you'll see weeks or even months later, the story that we brought up pops up on their website as if it's brand new, when in fact it's not. Case in point. I brought this up a while back, and this was, of course, something that took place uh, back in September at Arizona State University regarding the um, two white male students who were in a, in a study session with each other in, a, in what I assumed was a library or something like that, a study building, whatever. And then they were bombarded by um, two female students of color who, who decided to start railing on them about how they were making this, the, this quote-unquote space unsafe because of stickers that they had on the back of their computer or whatever. They weren't bothering anybody. That wasn't the issue. Um, the two girls ended up being disciplined by the university for creating a massive, you know, confrontation. I mean, it's disorderly conduct. That's against the law. They were screaming, yelling, 
um, creating a scene in a public place. That's, that's, you know, you really can't do that. Uh, certainly not on a university campus. Fortunately, the university acted and asked these two brainwashed girls to, uh, to write a paper. And that was sort of their punishment. To write a paper by December on how to tolerate individuals that you disagree with or how to have conversations politely or civilly with people that you disagree with. And in typical fashion, given their, their level of uh, mental instability, these two gals decided to get on Instagram and start railing on about the university and how racist they were and everybody's a bigot but them and blah, blah, blah. Uh, what was interesting was is they put that out on their Instagram, I want to say, toward the beginning of December. Well, it was just about a week ago that the Gateway Pundit put it on their website, again, as if it was a brand new thing. It was well over a month old. So, again, therein lies my point. My point is is that it really is small podcasts, and it really is you know the individuals that are doing some of the digging to help bring some of this information to the forefront that really can get hidden and ignored um, very, very quickly. And then, of course, unfortunately, one of the things that happens is, is it reaches these, ma- you know, these major, well-funded websites and presented as if it's brand new when, in fact, it's not. So the, the point is, is that I, I, myself and countless other individuals, for example, like uh, Jesse James on the Dangerous Info podcast, which, by the way, I was just a guest on his podcast the other day, it was an honor to be on his podcast, and I really do enjoy it. But um, we are the news, ladies and gentlemen. It really is that it's that simple. We are the news. So I want to get into just a few headlines here because there's way way, way too many to even cover. Uh, you know, certainly within an hour, I do have audio that I want to play, but there's only a couple of these stories that I want to read through uh, at length. But I just want to hit on some of these um, some of these particular headlines here. The first was again thrown to me by a listener of the podcast, and I appreciate them throwing this my way. I believe it was JT, if I'm not mistaken, previous guest on. Um, It's titled the following, and this comes again from about a week ago or so, but it's titled Goodbye Standards, Hello Progress. Virginia School District proposes banning homework, extra credit, and essentially grades altogether thanks to unlimited retakes, quote-unquote. And this comes from survivalmagazine.org. Again, this right here, too, is in lockstep with the Marxist playbook. This is the dumbing down of America in a nutshell. What they have to do is they have to get rid of as many of these quote-unquote you know, normal requirements that we all had to grow up with because what they're finding is that minority students are not doing as well as, say, some other students. And at the exact same time, when there is that evident disparity, so to speak, between grades or achievement, they have to dumb everybody down instead of, again, equally increasing the intellect of as many students as they can um, all at once. And that, you know, to them, that's harder. That, that, that would indicate that they would actually have to do their job, which they don't want to do. So it's easier to just do less for them and dumb everybody down at the exact same time, that way, to them, they can rewrite the bottom line, and it looks like everybody's achieving the exact same, when, of course, we know that that's not true. See, that's communism. That's what they want. So I'm going to dive into this here. It says, quote, The Arlington County School Board in Virginia recently introduced a proposal that would essentially eradicate the grading system as we know it. Keep in mind, this is not unique. 
in the in the larger landscape, this is one of those things that's been happening for quite some time, and unfortunately, will continue to happen uh, across the nation until, of course, people decide to homeschool. Uh, it says, according to Fox News, the proposal would force educators to allow their students an unlimited number of retakes on assignments, ban giving out extra credit, and would have, uh, would effectively eliminate homework completely by prohibiting it from being graded at all. As justification for the radical changes, proponents of the new system claim that certain basic standards, quote-unquote, like having late penalties in education could potentially harm poor and minority children who they claim may not have access to resources necessary to complete assignments on time. Uh, I, don't, I don't even... Wow. Okay. They all have access to a clock. They all have access to a watch. They know when they have to turn things in on time. The fact is, is that it's the role and responsibility of the teacher to make sure that, that the students have access to the material that they need to complete the assignment. If they don't, then you don't assign it. It doesn't mean that you, you eliminate the foundational framework of assessment in order to assess students. That's not, that's not what you do. It. That's not what you do. All you do is, is you change the assignment, but you keep the assessment the same. You keep the grading the same, so to speak, but you just offer up more ways to grade them or different assignments, so to speak. But again, this is an example of not just dumbing down American students, but they're purposefully dumbing down American teachers as well. That's part of the scheme that's taking place here and has been taking place for a very long time. Uh, this article continues and it says, quote, Additionally, it has been suggested that students should not be graded on homework assignments because the fear of making mistakes will have a negative impact on their learning process, quote unquote. This is the wussification of Americans. In a nutshell, it, it, it can't... Um, it, it can't be any clearer. It says, again, quote, By every available definition, that is the epitome of the soft bigotry of low expectations. It says, Naturally, the proposal sparked outrage among parents whose children attended school in Arlington County, but somewhat surprisingly, even some of the traditionally woke educators strongly opposed the ridiculous plan. It says, quote, numerous teachers from the area slammed the proposal, saying it that would give children a blanket free pass while dramatically reducing the quality of education in the county. No kidding. I'm going to stop the article there, but no kidding. The other thing, of course, that it does, which they're not planning on, nor do they care about, is that it's going to create more work for the teacher. They're already masking them. They're already jabbing them. Now they're eliminating grades. Ladies and gentlemen, they're shooting themselves in the own foot while standing in their own grave. We are, we are watching and living through the destruction of the entire education apparatus as we've known it. And now, they're so, they're so far gone mentally and emotionally, physically and socially, the people that are running these buildings, that they're telling you that they're destroying it while claiming that they think that this will just become the new normal, that this is going to be the way that it's going to be in the future, but they don't seem to understand that you can't eat rotten food. They're trying to get everybody to keep eating it, but it's dissolving in the middle of their hands, and eventually there will be nothing left. I mean, they're telling you again that, the, that their employment isn't going to last long. 
You cannot make asinine decisions like this on a regular day-in and day-out basis and expect to be taken seriously or survive. And even the brainwashed teachers, again, are pushing back on this, which <laughs> I just think is hilarious. But again, even they are saying, wait a minute, this is absurd. So, yeah. So there's that. And that's a constant theme, again, that's going to continue, and, and it's not going to be something that goes away. Um, here's another one I wanted to read uh, in its entirety because, again, this is one of the things that is happening that the mainstream media is not discussing, nor are they diving into, uh, in particular, at any length or with any effort. And, um, again, this, this comes specifically from Ohio, but rest assured, this is not just happening in Ohio. This is happening everywhere. This comes from the Columbus Dispatch, which is Columbus's major newspaper, and it's titled, Four Ohio Universities Are Sued Over Their COVID-19 Policies. Now, again, listen to the justification from these quote-unquote health experts as to what's going on here. They're holding on to their lunacy by a thread, and they just do not sound well. When they're, when they're essentially at the end of this article saying, well, such lawsuits are null and void, and they'll never last, and they'll never hold up in court. On the contrary, when you step in front of a, ju a judge and you show them all of the medical facts that prove that every single move that's being made in all of these universities and schools is actually killing people, that they're killing their own staff members, that they're killing their own students with these actual mandates, quote-unquote, or requirements, that judge, of course, unless they're completely brainwashed, that judge is going to rule in that individual's favor who is suing these universities. Because as we all know at this point, you cannot deny the truth of what's going on here. The scheme is vast. The scheme is long and wide. It's been around for well over hundreds, well, I'd say at least 200 years at least. It's probably been in place since the founding of our country. And now it's rolling out in mass, in the public, for the very first time for everyone to see. There are just endless people that are going along with it because they cannot believe for the life of them that there would be such evil people who would blindly implement such an evil plan. But it's happening. So here's what it says, and this is from Sheridan Hendricks. So... There's, there's some bias in this, but not much. It's pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, kind of a weak piece, but it's worth reading. It says, quote, More than a dozen Ohio college students and employees have filed lawsuits against their universities challenging what they, are, what they say are unreasonable and discriminatory COVID-19 policies. And again, that's putting it mildly. It says the plaintiffs are represented by the same Akron-based law firm and financially backed by a statewide advocacy organization that challenges vaccine mandates. Mendenhall Law Group filed a civil lawsuit last month against Ohio University in Athens County Common Pleas Court on behalf of 16 plaintiffs seeking relief from what they say are OU's unlawful COVID-19 vaccine, masking, and testing requirements. Quote, You can't treat someone differently based on whether they have been vaccinated or not, said Warner Mendenhall, one of the attorneys representing the plaintiffs. Ohio University spokesman Jim Sabin, keep this person in mind, Jim Sabin, again, working for the university in their public relations management, what have you, spokesperson. So you know the take that they have to 
I mean, <laughs> you know the position that they have to take. And it's in if they don't take the university stance and continue to back this, you know, Jimbo's going to be out of a job. So it says, uh, he said, the school is looking forward to presenting its case in court. Quote, the university believes its actions addressing community health concerns brought on by the pandemic are necessary, scientifically supported, and legally valid, Sabin said. Well, what else is he going to say? What else is he possibly going to say? He cannot bring up the alternative. This, again, falls right back in touch and right in line with false equivalency. Jimbo can't be right here. He can't be right, and the students in law firm can't be right. They can't both be right at the same time. Someone has to be wrong. We know who's wrong. It's, it's not the law firm. Most law firms, again, don't take on these cases, but the, many are. Why? Because they're completely awake. They know what's going on. It continues, it says the law firm filed similar lawsuits against Bowling Green, Miami, and the University of Cincinnati in November and December. All four universities started requiring students, staff, and faculty members to be vaccinated against COVID-19 for fall semester. Individuals could apply for an exemption to their school's policy based on medical or religious reasons. Those with approved exemptions are still required to be regularly tested for COVID-19, and unvaccinated students without exemptions are not allowed to live on campus or attend in-person classes. However, unvaccinated students would not be unenrolled. The, lawsuit, the lawsuits allege that those policies violate Ohio law. It violates the Nuremberg Code. How about that? It violates federal law. Violates federal law, too, not, a, not just state law. It continues, it says, Mendenhall said, State law prevents universities from discriminating against individuals who choose not to receive a vaccine that has only received emergency use authorization. In July, Governor Mike DeWine signed House Bill 244, which prevents public universities from requiring COVID-19 vaccines until they receive full approval from the Food and Drug Administration. The FDA approved Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. No, they didn't. That's a lie. Uh, which is being marked under the brand name Comirnaty. Again, Comirnaty is not available in the United States, ladies and gentlemen. It's being mislabeled. If it exists on a, on a vial, and somebody's being told that that's what they're receiving, that's not what they're receiving. Um, it says, for full use in August, making the law's vaccine language moot. That's not true. That's also a lie. Mendenhall contends Comirnaty is not available in Ohio. No kidding, it's not available anywhere. As even Dr. Robin McCutcheon brought up in the last episode. It says, only the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, which he alleges did not get full FDA, as did Comirnaty. It's not, an, it's not an allegation that Pfizer's vaccine, quote-unquote, not a vaccine, that Pfizer's death shot is not FDA-approved. It isn't FDA-approved. That's a fact. None of these are FDA-approved. They just, yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> again, the, the person writing this, and when this goes to court, it's going to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt of what's going on. This is what the enemy doesn't seem to understand. And again, I understand that there are corrupt judges all throughout this country, and that's going to continue to be the case. 
But all you need is one good judge with their head on straight to be able to hear the facts laid out by both lawyers and medical professionals. Because again, even with false equivalency, you cannot have medical professionals sitting on both ends of this topic, on opposite ends, and have them both be right. Someone, someone is wrong. It wraps up by saying this. It's ha- it says, however, Comirnaty and the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine are interchangeable, according to the FDA. Well, they're interchangeable because even though one doesn't really exist only in name and the other has not been FDA approved, they are not interchangeable. So that's a lie. Of course, why are we trusting the FDA at this point anyway? But it wraps up by saying this. It says, Sharona Hoffman, a pharmaceutical law, bioethics, and employment discrimination professor at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, said the lawsuit's challenge is void because Pfizer's vaccine formula didn't change after it received the FDA's full authorization in August. The only difference is its name. Pfizer's vaccine never received full authorization from the FDA. This made-up name Comirnaty did. And, And this individual is right. There is no difference. They are the same thing. The only thing that changed was the name. The only thing that, again, was tossed into the, uh, the, the word salad here is that word comernity to confuse people. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the broad thing here is this. I'm glad these are making their way into court. They're going to make their way into court. Public schools are going to be sued, are being sued, and they're losing. They're losing because once you take all of the facts that are to bear that any of us can see and and touch, when laid out in front of an ethical judge, they don't stand a chance. It doesn't matter what lawyers are representing these particular universities. These universities are going to crumble because of the impending lawsuits from their death and ill children. The problem is, is that many of them are taking this and signing off on the piece of paper to take these jabs, which means they're signing away their rights. They're signing away any liability charge that they could throw against these universities and these schools. That's the real problem here. That's why they've got to walk away. If they walk away, then they can sue later while they're alive and their health is still intact. But very difficult to sue when you're dead. And along these exact same lines, and this leads to another headline and just a quick little, again, just a headline I want to briefly discuss, but you now have Chinese professors at Georgia State University, and this is occurring all over the nation as well, but they're purposefully writing papers and getting them published with a level of ease that you would expect in a corrupt system. But they're getting these papers published that are promoting messenger RNA as being a good thing. Well, there's a lot of inroads in messenger RNA, and messenger RNA is, is showing itself to be promising. We've been infiltrated, ladies and gentlemen, by foreign countries, by communists. And Joseph McCarthy was right. He was not wrong back in the day. But we've been infiltrated here by a number of communists across the board in all avenues of employment, research, certification, licensure, you name it, uh, to create this giant stranglehold and, and rewrite a false history and a false present. That is really getting a lot of people killed and a lot of people in trouble. And um, 
if if again if these collaborators uh, against the United States are not rounded up um, in, in one way or another as time goes on here, we're going to be in deep trouble. Um, so th- again, they're being funded by outside agencies, outside foreign countries, China in particular. This is not one of those things that's that's going to go away. Unfortunately, this is one of the things that's that's going to get worse. Um, now, on a positive note. Well, actually, this isn't a positive note at all. Let me <laughs> let me let me mention this too, because of course this came across my radar, and I tossed it out on Gab. And you know, not not every subject that I toss out on Gab, I bring up on the podcast, and vice versa. But this particular story again it perfectly exemplifies the lunacy that is, uh, that that is just existing within many educators, in particular during this this massive mass psychosis brainwashing time here. Uh, and I'm sure many people heard of this and saw this, but Texas teacher charged with allegedly putting COVID-19 positive son in their trunk of their car. Uh, it was just hilarious. You know, I, I just, I, I first saw this and I thought to myself, well, yeah, sure, of course. Well, of course they did. Of course they did. I mean, why wouldn't they? This is par for the course now. This is, uh, you know... This is the way that it is among a number of individuals. Of course, it's not everybody, and you know, thank God they were arrested. And uh, yeah, child endangerment, maybe. Hopefully, it says a Texas teacher has been charged with child endangerment. There you go. After she allegedly, I'm sure she did, placed the COVID-19 positive son in the trunk of her car. Houston reported uh, KPRC two. It says the Harris County District Attorney's Office confirmed that the teacher Sarah Beam was charged after her son was found in the trunk of her car while they were at a COVID-19 testing site run by a Texas school district, the Texas outlet reported. She allegedly placed her son in the trunk of her car to avoid being exposed to the teen who she told authorities had COVID-19. She allegedly told officials that the two were there to do the additional testing for her son. Officials first became aware of the incident after a noise coming from the trunk was heard. (laughs) Oh, this is just great. Heard by a witness, and then the trunk was later unhatched by the Texas teacher. Uh, The news outlet reported the witness then contacted police after Beam was reportedly told that the teen needed to be removed from the trunk and placed in the back seat, or else they would not receive a COVID-19 test. The teen later left the trunk and entered the back seat, according to surveillance footage that officials were able to access, the news outlet noted. Police Department for Cypress Fairbanks Independent School District said a warrant for her arrest has been issued, and she is on administrative leave by the school district. It's not immediately clear if Beam had a lawyer representing her. The Hill has reached out to the school district, the school district's police, and Harris County's attorneys for comment, no comment, blah, blah, blah. Ah, uh, peak insanity. It's just, it's not going away. First, we're spraying students in school with disinfectant because they're not wearing their masks appropriately. Now we're tossing our own children in the back trunk because they're testing positive for COVID or they have COVID and we don't want them to, uh, you know, make other people ill. I don't know. These, these people are just, they're not well. Okay, now on to this list. The COVID-19 Roadmap, it's titled, The 12-Step Plan to Create a Totalitarian New Normal. 
This is important, as it says in the upper right-hand corner. Um, it's a fantastic... It could be a poster, frankly, and it's one of these things that should, frankly, be posted everywhere. Of course, it'll be ripped down by the people who don't believe it, but at the end of this, I want to play some audio from Dr. Carrie Madej because she, again, associated with the Five Docs on Rumble on the Critically Thinking channel in their episode from the end of December, really sort of encompasses all of this sort of in one in one quick talk when when she's when, when it's essentially her turn to discuss what's been going on and she basically dives right through this with her own personal experiences of of what she's seen and what's going on including i might add being disinvited um by quote unquote freedom conferences and medical freedom conferences because she brings up things like 5G transhumanism and a variety of other things, in particular the masking of children, and and how even bringing up that uh, is frowned upon at a lot of these conferences, whether they be medical or education or what have you. Um, good luck, by the way, getting invited to an education conference that that is worth its salt if you're going to bring up anything anti-mask related or child abuse related. Uh, you'll 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 be disinvited, and your presentation or paper will not be accepted. That's how far off the rails we have we have gone here. So I'm going to read through this. There are 12 steps in this. So here we go. It says, step one is titled, create a problem. It says, take a flu-like illness with very common symptoms that can be easily treated and has a 99 plus percent recovery rate, essentially a bad dose of seasonal flu, but like any flu, can be dangerous to people with weak immune systems. Step two. Provoke a terrified reaction. Use the mainstream media to provoke massive fear. Ensure constant daily reporting of any death with COVID, with COVID as being a death from COVID. Report lots of cases, quote-unquote, even though most people have no or very mild symptoms. Ignore all other illnesses and causes of death. Censor everyone asking questions. Make people so afraid that they're willing to surrender their freedoms. Yeah, we're past that one. Step three, impose lockdowns. Crash the economy by imposing lockdowns as part of the global elite's planned Great Reset. Number one, destroy small businesses. Two, transfer wealth and power to global corporations. Three, cause a massive rise in state debt to international financers. And four, push cash cashless payments. And they have a little subsection here to that that basically says loss of social and economic freedoms with step three, of course. Step four, exaggerated cases, or exaggerate cases, rather. Make the virus seem worse by using totally unreliable PCR tests to hugely exaggerate the number of so-called cases among healthy people who have no symptoms. Bribe scientists with grants and doctors with bonus payments for supporting testing and vaccinations. Step 5. Impose face masks. Mandate masks to promote fear and to signal public compliance. In reality, cloth masks are totally ineffective against any virus. Prolonged use of masks actually increases health risks due to lack of oxygen breathing in waste air, and promoting fungal infections, bronchial pneumonia, gum disease, and other illnesses. Step 6. Impose contact tracing. 
normalize surveillance. Get people to accept having all of their personal movements and social contact with people tracked, recorded, and analyzed for health reasons. Loss of social privacy. Step seven, impose health passports. Introduce health passports apps for smartphones. These will monitor and restrict people's freedom and movement and ability to access education, employment, and all types of services. These will become the basis for a global digital identity and tracking system. ID 2020, and then it says loss of freedom of movement. Step 8, impose 5G microwave networks. 5G networks allow constant gathering of huge amounts of personal data from smartphones and all internet-connected devices. 5G also increases high-frequency microwave radiation that can reduce blood oxygen levels and trigger respiratory symptoms. These 5G-induced illnesses can be blamed on COVID. Sound familiar? Sounds like my own story, frankly. Number nine, impose mandatory vaccinations. Mandatory vaccination will generate massive profits for big pharma who have 100% legal immunity from all injuries and deaths. New DNA-altering vaccines will create genetically modified humans that can be bioengineered for obedience and sterility. Mass vaccination will support plants for global depopulation from 9 billion to just 500 million. And then it says loss of bodily freedom. This too, I'm going to mention this before I finish the list. I also mentioned this on Gab. People have got to stop taking flu shots. Flu shots have never protected against anything. They're loaded with carcinogens. This is beyond provable. Because what they're doing, and they've already done it with the Novavax shot, is they are combining the two. They're putting messenger RNA into flu shots in flu juice, so to speak, which is, again, it's not... Um, there's no, there's no flu virus. It, it's, it's all of the poison that's in those shots that makes people ill. And then they think they have the flu. I, I, I've been over this at length. You know that, but that's, that's what that is. So yeah, people have to stop taking all of these shots. You've got to become a no shot family from here on out for the rest of time. And hopefully instill that in your children and sit them down and say the exact same thing. Because again, getting children to believe that taking injections by way of needle throughout the course of their life, that that's somehow going to protect them or lead them into good health is an absolute lie. And that's part of the indoctrination program that's taking place, which is terrible. Uh, It continues. Okay, step 10, impose a cashless economy. Cash allows people to shop in privacy, but a fully cashless economy means a total loss of financial privacy. Access to digital finance can be easily withdrawn from anyone who dissents from officially approved views or behavior. And then, of course, it says loss of financial freedom. 100%. Number 11, impose human nanochip implants. This is also already happening. Roll out remote controlled radio frequency identity or RFID nanochip implants. To allow constant 24-7 monitoring of your movements, contacts, health status, and digital payments. These implants will remove all human privacy. Once normalized, they become compulsory and humans will be forced to begin merging with AI machines. Loss of all human privacy. 
And finally, step 10, the new normal, a totalitarian tyranny by 2030. A new normal run for their benefit of a tiny global elite. Their plan is a depopulated, dehumanized, high-tech totalitarian world with genetically modified, obedient humans, nano-chipped and permanently connected to the internet, living socially distant, virtual lives, monitored and controlled 24-7 by artificial intelligence. If allowed, this will be 21st century fascist communist tyranny. COVID is being used as the smokescreen. Wake up. And then it says loss of free will and human spirit, unquote. It's an excellent uh, it's an excellent diagram. It's an excellent picture. It should be a poster. A little too long for a bump, uh, you know, for a bumper sticker. But I mean, that's the plan, ladies and gentlemen. That is the plan. It's always been the plan. It's been written about for a very long time. Use technology to control people. Use scare tactics, scare tactics rather, to control people. And then, goodness gracious, if we can have the school system do it, then we can kill all kinds of birds with one stone. And uh, it's happening. So with that said, here's some audio from Dr. Carrie Madej on the last time that she was on with the five docs. And uh, I'm going to play her audio. So here we go. Dr. Madej, you were, it can't be, um, can't be easy being such a pioneer and so brave to reveal to the world what you found when you looked under the microscope and discovered some really disturbing aspects of what is in these vials. So um, how does that play into all this? I mean, <laughs> just talk to us about what you discovered, what you've done with that information, how absurd it is. And it's really at the core of the destruction we're seeing and the death is what you found in those vials. Well, one thing I wanted to um, read off from what Christiane just said is that since I've been publishing those photos and doing that investigation, some other people have been sending me what they're finding. Mm. Uh, of course, they don't want to go public. This is part of the problem. People say, oh, why is it just you? <laughs> why is it just me? I don't know. Or just a few of us, <laughs> a handful of us. But I can tell you, there are people finding things and they will not come forward on their own. So, for instance, the IVF clinics and vitro fertilization clinics, I've been, I've been sent pictures. And I'm getting one of them to send me a sample. So what is happening across the U.S., even around the world, is this. Is that when one of the parents, they're going there because they can't get pregnant, right? They've been vaccinated, either the father, the mother, or both. What they're seeing for the first time ever is that the genetic malformations are so extreme that I've never seen this before. And, of course, they have to discard the embryo. The other thing, though, is why I was contacted, is that in the wells of the embryos that have been vaccinated, not the plain wells, not the ones from the unvaccinated, there's contamination. And the contamination is so grand, they are discarding the embryos, or so that's what they're saying. They've never seen this before. This is the first time ever, only when the COVID shot started. So when I looked at the picture that was uh, sent to me, it looked more parasitic-like, these little squiggly lines. I don't know because no one's looked at it under the microscope or sent to analyze it. They're told by their superiors to shut up, don't say a word, don't do anything about it. Are they all discarding these? I don't know, but there was more parasite than embryo. So, or, or what it looked like, I should say, what it appeared to be. So when these people are going out there telling you, I got my shot, I feel fine. I feel fine, I feel fine. Bragging my liner crews, whatever. 
maybe they do feel fine. But they're going to have babies if they make it to, if they're able to give birth to, what is that? I mean, how is that not changing the genetic structure of these embryos? And then what is that growing in the Petri dish? My gosh, it's definitely coming from these injections. And so we need to look at this. What is going to be born if they're born? What are they? And what's going to happen to them? This is a big question, guys, that has to be answered. I know it sounds so sci-fi, but we're, we're in the middle of it right now. And it's not just one, it's many of them. So Utah, California, and Georgia. I actually talked to a man, he went to um, an IVF clinic in Georgia, and uh, he told me that, yes, the genetic malformations happened after his wife got the shot. He was told that. And I told him, why would you do this? He goes, well, it would be worse if we didn't get it. Right, right. Oh. So, so then, then they have to get a surrogate egg from an unvaccinated you know, I'm saying the word vaccinated loosely. I'm sorry. Unvaccinated woman. And then the, then the next step, you know, it's they're having, they're, they're, they're having a, um, they're having a need for surrogate women who have not been jabbed. They can't, this is the handmaid's tale. Yeah. This is crazy. So, um, I'm getting reports of that also in the blood clinics with the people getting, um, ozonated blood. I sent the five boxes pictures that they've seen a trend with the people been injected that their blood when they're getting ozonated has a sticky white residue that sticks to the, the size of the I, the IV bottles, the plastic. I've never seen anything like that in my life. I don't know what to equate that to. They haven't either. Only since these COVID shots have been coming out. What is that? So these people can say they feel fine. Something wrong is, is happening. And I can tell you that, you know, my mother got two of the Moderna shots and some of my, my friends and family. So for me to come forward with those pictures was hard, really, really hard. And I I wish I didn't have to do it, but you know, these things are real. There are other people I work with journalists on this. They're too afraid to come forward with the findings, but they've seen the same things I have with the chain of custody, et cetera. So they're not, it's not made up. And I can tell you the batches are different. Absolutely. Where they come from, which state they come from, Mm -hmm. when, when you get them, um, everything is different. So they are definitely changing things as time goes on. Um, it, it's just a Russian roulette and we are the guinea pigs. We are under Dr. Mengele's experimentation and we have to face these things that are going on. And I do want to bring up this, that I was, I was, uh, disinvited from a medical freedom conference for the children a couple of weeks ago because uh, a new person took that uh, conference over. And they said they couldn't use the word transhumanism. So that is a hot, that's a red flag. The other thing was they were mad that I was going to talk about monoclonal antibodies. They told me I, they, we didn't, we didn't ask you to talk about that. And so they were for anim- monoclonal antibodies. I told them, well, I would be very cautious because of this. And please warn everybody, you know, and I think the other docs here agree is that we don't have enough research on them. They're completely experimental. They're not tried and true. And they are using aborted fetal cell lines, the human embryonic kidney cells, 293. Remember, the number is how many live aborted babies came from uh, that they needed to sacrifice before they got to their clone line. Okay, and when they say clone, they're immortalized. Immortalized means cancerous. So they're using cancerous aborted fetal cells. So what if they're cloned? They originally came from an aborted baby. That was yeah. born alive, and then they killed it in a full lab. Remember that. So 
these cell lines are coming from that A, B, an unknown human antibody? I mean, where's that coming from? Who is that? The third one is a mouse human chimera. So they took a mouse, they took a human, shoved the genomes together, and they're producing antibodies. And they're using those three in this cocktail, three, okay? And so with that trademarked velocimune, it's called the human mouse chimeric line they're giving people, they have used that one before. They have used it with, I, in my experience, I've seen patients, um, they got uh, chemotherapy for breast cancer. And I can tell you, almost all the patients I saw with this, every time they developed something called an allergy. This was the term used in the oncology field. So first, these women looked great getting it. Wow, the tumors would shrink. They felt good too. They felt so good. And they're like, look, medicine has achieved something great. And then always like clockwork, uh, they would come back to me one to three years later, loaded with an explosive cancer. And I have never seen anything like this. I, the ultrasound would show that all of the organs were melting into each other. We couldn't tell. The radiologist and I, what one organ was from another. Of course, nothing could help them at that point. And it would happen within like a month. It was unbelievable. Five mm. years at most. So, I mean, yes, they got many of these, these um, treatments. And this is just one. But what are we playing with here? So please don't fall for the hype of just get your monoclonal antibodies. We don't know, guys, what's going to happen to you. And in fact, these companies are making so much money. And they don't care about your health. And these are the same companies that are killing us with other things. So why do you think they're going to tell you the truth now? So please, I'm being censored. Other people are being censored. They don't want anyone to know that. They're going after the church groups. They're meeting with them in the churches to tell them to get the monoclonals just for preemptive measures. Um, we just have to be really careful who we listen to. I think you should trust in all of us, right? Every single one of us. I mean, anyone can be wrong. Just because one of us says something, it's not set in stone. So. Please do your homework. Look at what the speaker presents to you um, and do your own due diligence, please, uh, especially when it comes to these new formulations that are, are being put on the group. And the third one that I got censored from from this conference was about the children. So I was putting up Pfizer's commercial and I was putting up Sanjay Gupta. I don't want to call him a doctor, not giving him that honor. Put up what he was doing with Sesame Street with Elmo. Mm. And I was showing them how they're marketing to their children. They're putting these things in the school, putting this to the children, telling them to have superpowers because of implied consent. Because when the child in the school, the school, when you have your child on the school bus or in a school property, you no longer have guardianship of your child. At that moment, it's gone. They can give your child from six years age and up a medicine or a shot without your knowledge, without your consent. It's called implied consent. So. This is why they're marketing to the children when you're not watching. They're watching these commercials. Meanwhile, they're getting ready to enforce something called implied consent. Look it up on the World Health Organization. So those are the three things that I was censored about. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. That's why I, I really believe that really is one of the more valuable programs to listen to. And again, they'll put out a video, usually just with Dr. Tenpenny um, and Dr. Polevsky, if I'm saying his last name correctly, you know, they'll put out a video on, on the Critically Thinking channel on Rumble once a week. It usually makes its, I think they record it every Thursday, but it makes its way there certainly every weekend after. And um, all of those doctors usually gather together one, about once a month. 
and um, it's it's remarkably valuable, incredibly valuable. Again, regarding the censorship that she was discussing, par for the course, pr- pretty standard. Very interesting, however, that even, even again, these quote-unquote freedom conferences are censoring people. You heard me bring this up regarding in the America's Frontline Doctors Conference. It was evident that they were scripted. There was something going on there where there were certain subjects like transhumanism that they could not bring up. Because again, if the people running the conference don't understand what that is or don't believe it, then, then they can't let people talk about it. This is not freedom of speech. This is not independence. This is bad news. And again, what Dr. Madej brought up regarding monoclonal antibodies. You've heard a lot of people bring this up as, as being something that they received as, as you know being a cure for getting sick, like Joe Rogan and Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. They're putting experimental things in their body that don't belong in their body. And as she just said, you don't know the long-term damage of that. You don't know what that is. She's seen the long-term damage of this, but again, they're hearing people who aren't studying this talk about being given it, and they feel great and they feel fine, but they don't know the long-term damage. It's real easy. It's always been real easy. Drink spring water, not out of a faucet if you can help it, because spring water is untouched. Of course, they're poisoning the air, and that lands in springs, and and that's another story for another time, but it certainly falls into that chart of those 12 steps that I, that I read earlier. A healthy diet, lots of greens, lots of vegetables, lots of fruit. Unfortunately, a lot of it is genetically modified, and that's not a good thing either, but you know th- that's, that's a well-balanced diet. Fish, some red meat from time to time, in particular if it's organic, the best you can get it, and exercise. Again, Supplement appropriately with vitamins and minerals, but but that's it. You know, when a person gets ill and you start experimenting on your body with with experimental material, that's not a good thing. But people don't need to panic and they don't need to immediately say, "Oh, I have COVID," or "Oh, we're all gonna die." Just cool it. I mean, everybody just needs to kind of cool out and just take a big deep breath. Certain things are going to be okay, but we've got to stay informed on, on, on what's going on. We have to always drink in the bigger picture, regardless of how horrific it may be and how horrific it may seem, and just control what we can control, and then stay away from the things that we cannot, but always keep an eye on the things that we cannot. And I want to give you one example sort of in closing here, but I want to mention a positive thing here toward the end. This was something that just happened. Uh, I was just called. It was very interesting. And again, I'm sure this is happening all over the place as well. But my mom just called me and she was driving my dad to an eye appointment where he's receiving injections in his eye uh, to improve his vision. And they, the parking lot had apparently patients in it, but, but the door of the, of the office was locked. Everything is locked up. No one's answering the door because no one is there. The lights are off. The doctors and the nurses and the people working in this eye place couldn't even aren't even calling people to tell them that their appointments are canceled because apparently they're all out with quote unquote COVID. All of them are sick. All the nurses and the doctors and the surgeons and whoever they're all sick, and none of them were there. Finally, one of the people in the parking lot again confirmed that by getting a hold of them and said, "Yeah, we're all out. We're all sick." 
you know, we've, we all have COVID quote unquote, we can't, uh, you know, we, we can't, we can't do what we need to do. And apparently they're all so ill again that they can't make phone calls and call people and tell them that their appointments are canceled because they're all sick. Ladies and gentlemen, these offices are going to dry up. They're going to dry up. These doctor's offices are going to dry up. These places are going to dry up. This is going to have a massive impact on our economy, healthcare, you name it, because all of these people have been jabbed. They are not ill from COVID. They are ill because they don't have an immune system anymore. The poison of the jab is making these people ill. And it's going to continue to be the case. Because again, as, as I stated and have stated on numerous occasions, in particular with Dr. McCutcheon in the last episode, vaccine autoimmunity, deficiency syndrome, or VADES as it's now being called, does not wait for a particular month of the year. This will be a year-round phenomenon that will occur that endless people will be able to see and notice. So that's also happening. Um, so keep that in mind, and that's an example of something to keep an eye on, and, and one of the things to continuously pay attention to. And on a positive note, here it is. Dr. Mike Eden, and I'm going to link this entire um, this particular video in the description below because it's worth the watch. But he's talking with um, Dr. Reiner Fulmick as well, who's a lawyer in Europe. And uh, they're communicating again about the history of, of all of these shots and where they come from. And Dr. Mike Eden's talking about his background in XYZ. He mentions an excellent story about how there are UK schools, in the UK, of course, that uh, that are deciding to that the students themselves and the parents have all said we're not wearing your masks we're not taking your covid tests your covid tests are faulty the masks do nothing they're only hurting people and we're not doing it anymore and then they've even unionized themselves and they're just showing up to school without having taken tests none of them are wearing masks and they're teaching them anyway and they're being taught anyway and they're going to school anyway because they're not complying that is a beautiful thing. You have 95 plus percent, I've read, of, of these students that are not complying. And they're still showing up to school. So wake up, America, because they're doing it in, uh, you know, they're doing it across the pond and they're not complying across the pond. It would be sure, it would be nice to see every single student in an entire school district uh, throw their mask in the trash and show up to school anyway and see what that school does. See what the school officials do to every single one of you students. They can't suspend you all. They can't suspend you all. So stop complying. That's the lesson. And always keep your ear to the tracks to hear what's coming because, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to keep coming. With all of that said, ladies and gentlemen, there's a ton there. I know, big episode, uh, but I'll catch you on Friday. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.